Gratitude That's my everyday Oh, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Quantum Coffee. Today's guest is Ryan Mullins, really good friend. Met him a couple of years ago um, and been staying connected with him. Um, he's just an amazing man, full of a lot of wisdom and knowledge. Um, you know, he's had his own personal journey, especially over the last uh, couple of years, uh, a lot of growth. Uh, he does anger management class. He does leadership consulting for a wide variety of different companies, um, really passionate about building culture. So we talk a lot about in this episode, uh, emotional awareness, emotional intelligence, what's that even mean? And the importance of understanding who we are and how we respond to the world and becoming creators of our reality. A lot of practical steps, a lot of wisdom, a lot of knowledge in this episode and how we look out in the world and see all these collective issues, these existential crises and threats that we are facing as a society and culture and how really it feels like a daunting task. But the only thing we can really do is to show up, take ownership and start working towards creating a reality that we want to live in. And the more people that do that, we can really start manifesting the kingdom of heaven here on earth, which is really just a state of consciousness. You know, Ryan also does amazing work with, he has this new tech platform that he's developing where he's bringing all these different military sites um, and basically the history of, of, of war, military uh, soldiers and the individual soldiers and bringing them to us so that we can connect with the history and where we've come from and really creating compassion and empathy, um, for these fallen soldiers. And, and, you know, with the, the intention of really developing that within ourselves and having the courage to show up, um, just a really powerful episode all in all. I know you guys are going to really, uh, take a lot out of it. I know I did, and, uh, I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. And for those premium members, make sure you stick around towards the end. Uh, through the end, we have an extended episode. I've been doing these extended episodes for premium members. If you're not a premium member, it's just $7 a month. And if you want to listen to these extended episodes and you want to start now, just pause this, go to the link in the show notes. All it is is $7 a month for less than that, probably about the same amount as a cup of coffee at uh, Starbucks. You can get this amazing premium content where all of my guests have been adding a ton of value in the extended episodes. It's just $7 a month. It supports this podcast financially, which is uh, really important. I got a team on the back end that's really helped me put this thing together. So I'd really appreciate if you felt called to um, you know, support financially like that. You also get access to all this premium content, like these extended episodes. But if you don't feel called to get access to amazing more content or support the podcast financially, a really great way. And I really appreciate this. If you could just take a few seconds and leave a five-star review, I'm trying to get more ratings on my podcast so that we can continue to grow the audience and share this message of love and connection and curiosity and intention so that we can continue to do our part in really making this world a better place for all. And it's really that internal journey. So if you feel called, please just take a second, leave a five-star review, say a couple nice words about the podcast. And if anything in this podcast resonates with you and you think it might have a positive impact on somebody you know, go ahead and share this episode with them. Ask them to leave a review and really start building community around this podcast. Uh, I feel the momentum building. I'm really excited. I've enjoyed. It's been so much personal growth for me doing this podcast. And I, I really hope that you're getting value out of it as well. That is my deep intention is to really be of service and show up and try to make this world a better place and inspire others to do the same. Um, so go ahead and do that. 
I love you all so much for the continued support. Before we dive into the episode, I want to share about the Heart Collective. For those of you that have been listening and following, uh, it's my passion project, creating community for former male professional athletes. We are just continuing to grow and the energy of the communities is continuing to grow and you know, just really empowering these leaders and role models of our society and culture to really step up, do this healing work and show up and be role models, inspire others to do the same. Uh, so if you're a former pro athlete looking for community, looking to reach higher levels of awareness and connection with other former pro athletes who can really hold space for that experience, Go to theheartcollective.com. You can learn more there. It's H-A-R-T, theheartcollective.com. If you're not an athlete, never played sports, but you're really on the self-development path and trying to reach higher levels of awareness yourself, we have this new masterclass series where we bring on thought leaders, coaches, experts in a wide variety of different fields. We have a couple a month. Um, you're not going to want to miss those. So you can go to the website as well. Put in your email, stay on the, uh, on the newsletter so that you can stay up to date with all the amazing content and experiences that we are creating for the wider audience. Uh, also want to give a shout out to my wife, her company grow remotely. They are changing the world of employment. Uh, it is a fully remote job board for both small to medium sized businesses looking to grow their teams and for people looking for work to be a part of a culture and company that is really trying to make a difference in the world and something that you're passionate about creating life of freedom for yourself. Really exciting. Go check it out. Use my affiliate code in the show notes, grow Um, yeah, go check it out. Go support my, my wife and, uh, yeah, without further ado, really enjoy this podcast. I know I did with my good buddy, Ryan Mullins. Ryan, what's up, brother? How you doing? Good, man. Good. Yourself? I'm doing doing so good. Really looking forward to uh, our conversation today, getting your perspective uh, on some of these unanswerable questions and just hearing a little bit more about your journey. Um, really stoked about it. How about you introduce yourself a little bit, uh, who you are, where you're at, what you're working on, and we'll kind of dive in from there just so the listeners have some some context. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Yeah. So Ryan Mullins, um, my day job is I, I'm a leadership consultant. So I work uh, within one of the largest health regions in Canada. So we have about 110,000 employees. And my job is to work with different senior operating officers, all down to unit managers on different team effectiveness, leadership effectiveness. My area of kind of expertise is working on emotional awareness um, and, and just really understanding emotions, how they come into the workplace. That's like the emotional intelligence model uh, and such like that. So that, that's kind of what I do. I got there from a, a varied background, um, used to work with uh, at-risk youth, homeless youth, moved into addiction counseling, I uh, still do court-mandated anger management courses, uh, one of the things I, I love doing. And um, spent nine years as a combat engineer in the Canadian Armed Forces as well, uh, Armed Forces Reserves here in Canada. So uh, that was uh, a nice balancing experience to the very human-orientated, emotional-orientated, mixed with this very structured, rigid, go, go, go military experience. And I think when you balance those two out, you get some pretty pretty effective ways to approach leadership and life and such too. So um, consulting. And then of course, my I have a, a business on the side called Memory Anchor. And we're working on finding new ways to honor our fallen uh, with uh, technologies such as augmented reality and uh, 3D digital imaging and stuff like that. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited to dive into that a little bit later in the show because it's some badass stuff. Even before we just got on this conversation, you're sending me some AR rendering stuff that, you know, I literally just dropped to my phone. I didn't even know that technology existed. He just sent me a text <laughs> message and I can just drop a full virtual, full virtual reality, like tank from back in the day and go walk around it. So badass, but let's talk about Emotional intelligence, because I know it's something you're passionate about. You teach, you coach, you try and lead people into understanding themselves and being able to process their emotions in a healthy way. And mm-hmm. you know, I look out in the world and I think I, I talk about this a lot on the podcast, but I think it's really fascinating, like in our education system, you know, two of the two of the things you need to interact with our reality as a grown adult to really find success is financial literacy and emotional intelligence, and neither of which they teach us in school and it seems to be a huge issue. Um, obviously there's this mental health pandemic that is kind of taking over a lot of people not knowing how to navigate, um, their mental health, their emotional health. Um, and it's, it's a big issue. And, and so with the mm-hmm. work that you do and you see it, um, talk about the importance of really understanding your emotions and what that journey's like and how you help, you know, help people get to that point. Yeah, well, I, th- I think you're asking the questions that, that are really important is why? Uh, why is it important? And, you, you know, there, there's historically been a very strong focus on called, you know, your skills, your hard skills, like how I do this, I can program, I can, you know, do math and account and, and, and you have these hard skills that I've learned and it adds value uh, and, and it gets things done. Um, with automation, and and such what's happened is you know we can you know when it comes to being a viable member of the workforce you know we see jobs being replaced all the time by automation and and what isn't being replaced though is human skills and 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 the people have historically called them soft skills and and it's a soft skills kind of have this oh soft skills kind of thing that's why i like calling them human skills which is really you know knowing yourself, knowing your emotions, being able to build relationships with others, being able to work through conflict. Like these are the things that are really, really key measures of, of success, right? Because intelligence alone has been focused on. And just because you're smart doesn't mean you're going to be successful. Uh, of course, a level of intelligence is important. But when you combine that with your ability to make relationships, carry conversations, handle conflict, understand what's going on for you and how your emotions are affecting the way you think and behave and how that affects others. Like this is, you're, you're right, we don't learn this in school. And <clears throat> these are fundamentally important, even more so today. Uh, and we don't teach it in school. And I think uh, part of the thing you you like you said, is like COVID has been this situation that has just pinched everyone. And it, and when it pinches people, it shows where the cracks are. And a lot of this is, you know, that there's aspects of, of emotional intelligence, which talks about, you know, stress management, our stress tolerance, our optimism, our overall well-being. And when stuff like COVID is happening, it's pressing that. And you've seen it come out and, and you've seen it. You know, you'll see I, if... <laughs> no one is getting away from being affected by this. And you can see it, that isolation, that socialization, we're social creatures, we need that interaction. And so our emotional intelligence and our ability to understand our internal state and what's happening for us, make sense of things and then take actions in appropriate directions. Like that's, that's super important. And we don't learn that in school. Yeah. Yeah. It's this journey, like really taking ownership and responsibility for your inner landscape. Right. And we, 
it's, I love the, the, the quote and the adage as within, so without, and, Mm -hmm. you know, spiritually understanding that we are creating a reality and projecting our internal world out into the external world, but we've almost created this. We have created this experience collectively as a species that we're constantly searching for something outside of ourselves. Right. And that Mm. when we're doing that, you know, our, the circumstances of our life affect our internal landscape. And a lot of people don't really know how to process that. So something like COVID and the lockdowns and pandemic happened, this external thing, and they start, it's, it, they're in this, this victim mindset and, and really being able to flip that switch and understand yourself internally. Talk about the importance, you know, of like, how does spirituality play into this deeper understanding? Cause we got, we got the physical body, we got mental health, emotional health, and we got this spiritual health and how much is that piece missing from us collectively as a society and it not being kind of taught in school and it's got a lot of like dogma around it, religion, like all of these Mm -hmm. bigger issues, but understanding that the spiritual journey is this energy and being able to take ownership for yourself and creating a reality from within. And there's all these different esoteric topics that we talk about, but really learning to embody them. That's kind of sort of what you're teaching these, these people with, with the skills that you're providing, but you're making it and packaging it in more of an accessible way. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, I like how you said that I'm packaging it in a way because the emotions, that intuitive emotional side of us is, is just, it's fundamental for how we navigate through life. And, and I, I like that question you you always ask, which is, you know, how would you define spirituality? Because that becomes important. And, and I really look at it as you, you can't define it because it is everything. It's the definition. It's the physical. It's like, it's the, totality of our experience that we're having and i think the how we think of spirituality in in the context is do you have awareness to it that's really this this in my mind is what spirituality in the context of this is like an awareness of something that is greater than the self yeah well it's just awareness period it's just awareness period Right. Because can you step out of just that animalistic kind of brain that is going and conditioned to just go, go, go and just go, hey, wait a second. Like there, there's more here. There's, there's, you know, every experience you have, and this comes back to, you know, what is your philosophy on life? And, and when I look at it, it's, do you, there's a fundamental choice you have to make is, is, is life happening to you or is it happening for you? And if you believe it's happening for you, you have the awareness to look at things. You're being reflective. You're you're starting to take a look at things. And your emotions are really, I believe, your heart's guide, your spirit's guide to to making sense of reality and and which way to go and how to make decisions. And so I know I kind of took the question off a little to the side there, but um, it all starts with awareness. And, and this emotional intelligence and being aware of that internal state and packaging it for people uh, is just trying to create that frame because we have a lot of shared experiences. We have a lot of shared emotions. And I mean, that's we're empathetic creatures. We're social creatures. I can sit and, and go, hey, I, you know what? I'm a dad and you're a new dad. I, you know, I, I don't know what your experience is like, but I know what mine was like. And I imagine it's somewhat similar. Mm. And I know how much beauty there is in that. And I also know how much freaking fear can be in there too. And, and so I can empathize with you as you go, like, I, you know, how, how much are you sleeping? <laughs> right? Probably not as much as me right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So 
it's that awareness that is the key piece. It's that linchpin. Uh, and it comes back, back to that. Um, and I think our ability to just snap ourselves out of the, the day-to-day, out of the routine is, is the important thing, is to stop, be reflective of what's going on for me, right? And that's where we start learning to deal and manage with emotional intelligence because mo- emotional intelligence is different from intelligence. Intelligence is fairly static. We know it can change. There's plasticity in the brain, but emotional intelligence is something that grows, right? And, and that, when we focus on it, our power in life can really uh, substantially increase and grow as well. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I think... You know, every person really just wants to be seen and heard, right, in their story mm-hmm. and feel um, feel like understood, feel like they're they're not alone in their experience. And a lot of times, we we kind of we don't know how to process our emotions. We don't know how to set proper boundaries energetically. We don't know like how to process our internal landscape. We kind of hold on to it, right, and we don't we don't feel safe enough to express it, and then that isolates us and keeps us kind of really internal. And then these you know, emotions kind of, they, they, they boil up and get expressed in unhealthy ways. And so what I've learned in the work that I'm doing is it's really about providing this presence for others to feel seen and heard. And that's the, the healing energy is if someone feels seen and heard by, by just being present with them. But the problem is when we're in our own shit, we can't be present for others because mm-hmm. we're in our own story and our own dialogue. So part of the waking up is having that awareness, reflecting back on your own internal landscape and understanding where do these triggers come from? Why do I act a certain way? Why, where are these emotions trying to tell me? And being able to sit with that, process it, move through it, and you know, heal it. This is the healing journey. You can develop a press, a presence, and an empathy, a compassion for others in their story, and show up and start holding space for them. And that's kind of how we send ripples of positive change and, and elevating mm-hmm. this level of of self awareness and consciousness and spiritual, you know, compassion and and, and unity through this, this collective narrative that we're, we're facing. So when you work with people on, on the emotional intelligence, like what is the, the, the key thing for somebody maybe that's listening that is, is maybe trying to navigate this internal landscape, but they, they feel like they, they, they can't take a hold of it or they're, they're really emotional. They don't know how to process. They don't feel safe. They feel judgment, maybe shame. How do you help people navigate, you know, through their emotional, emotional landscape? The key things, well, first is courage. Right. Because, uh, you know, I, I find a lot of people and and it's very normal. So if we we can just even go into the biology of the brain a little uh, and we think of just the basic fight or flight response, the adrenaline rush, you know, that's that's biologically triggered by fear. Right. Something's threatening you. And, and it creates fear. And so that creates a fight response, a flight response or a freeze response. Right. It, it's what keeps us alive. Well, our emotions and our situations can trigger the same kind of response. Right. Fight, flight, freeze. Uh, you know, if you, you know, you started insulting me uh, around my ability to spell because I'm a terrible speller, that might actually sit into a, a wound I have and there's pain there. And that can result in a kind of a fight, flight, uh, freeze response. And so I might go to fight, but you know, my personality is much more of a people pleaser. So I might go to more freezing or appeasing or, or just trying to avoid that. Right. But the question is, and the emotional intelligence is, is going, Hey, stop for a second, because the key to emotional awareness, uh, I mean, sorry, emotional intelligence is emotional awareness is understanding your emotions the subtleties between different emotions and where they're rooted and how they affect my behavior. 
do I have the courage to go, hey, listen, do, what, it, what is that? You know, the reality of it is, is my self-worth is a little lower and that's kind of being triggered by that thing. And I got this pattern of behavior that just wants to please Joe and I'm just going to let him kind of walk on me. Not to say you would ever do that. You're the last guy to do that. Um, but um, is, 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 am I building that confidence or sorry, that competence and looking at, at that myself internally? Can I see that? Can I start tracking? I love what you say. What's the emotional landscape, right? Because in that emotional landscapes are patterns of behaviors, right? Those emotions have thoughts and those thoughts that I consistently think start creating patterns. And I, those patterns of behavior start developing this personality that we have, right? And so it, it all kind of comes down to this core belief in myself. Do I have the courage to re-examine that core belief? Do I have the courage to sit beside that pain? Because most people, and going back to that fight or flight response, when we have pain, internal pain, if it's like a physical pain, it makes a lot of sense to fight away from something to protect yourself or run from it. But when it comes to emotional stuff, it triggers the same process in our brain. And we want to run from these things. I want to run from that difficult conversation I have to have with my partner, right? To say, hey, this relationship might not be working, mm. right? I don't, you know, there's problems here, right? That's hard. But that's the only place to lean into if it's real, if it's present. And it takes a lot of courage. But our wiring has gotten us into patterns of behaviors. And so when we start recognizing what are the patterns of behaviors, what are the ones that aren't serving me? What is the ones that I need to change? Well, the only way to change is not by chasing the thoughts. It's about chasing the core feeling, tracking. And that's why the emotional landscape or Boyd Vardy's kind of work when he talks about that track, you know, is, you know, is looking, well, what is that, that, that place? And can I stalk that emotion to its core to see what it is? And do you have the courage to freaking look at it? Because that's yeah. scary. Yeah, it takes a lot of courage. What are some practical tools for somebody that might be on this path of wanting to make a shift in their own, in their own lives, starting to to wake up to the fact that, you know, maybe I have an influence on creating the life I want and having an awareness of why do I, this thing keep happening to me? Why do I keep responding yeah. in this way? What are some practical tools that people can, can use to help them heal their own internal landscape and therefore start showing up in their lives in a more loving present way? Yeah. Um, first is resistance doesn't work. Avoidance doesn't work. Okay, what you resist persists. Everybody's heard that, but it's very, very true. Um, the the other thing is is if you're feeling shame, more shame isn't going to get rid of that shame. You're not going to shame your way out of shame. You're not going to guilt your way out of guilt. You're not going to anger yourself out of anger. Right? Uh, life is not about uh, like like that negative stuff that we have is a beautiful contrast to what we want to be. And we need to be able to define and get a solid picture of that, that thing I want to be, that thing that inspires you. And it's there, but it's not a picture. It's a feeling place. What does it feel like? Okay. And so this is, this is and really, really important is that you have to be able to identify and not resist the negative emotions, but you also have to be able to realign yourself and get into the place of where you want to go and what you want to be. Because, you know, and Joe, you and I have uh, gone through some crazy experiences where we're, we're diving deep into this stuff, but you can sit in the shadow side forever, right? It's about where are you moving to? So it's, it's being able to, and I, I use the acronym RAIN, 
for people. So when you have something come up, right, you have a negative emotion, can you stop and you can recognize, hey, listen, I'm feeling a lot of anxiety right now. So recognize I'm feeling something, right? Next is allow, because this is where people don't get past the recognition at times as they, they go, okay, I'm feeling anxiety. Oh, fuck, I don't want to feel anxiety. Okay, I want to be over here. We, like, I think the best example is if two things are pushing against it, where is it going? If one thing stops pushing, it all falls down, right? And so your job is to, there's anxiety, allow, okay, this is anxiety. I'm fine, right? You are not anxiety. You are experiencing the anxiety, right? Mm -hmm. So it, that comes kind of in a sec. So you recognize, allow, and then you investigate. So I'm anxiety. Well, anxiety is fear. What am I afraid of? Right? What, what is at the core? And this is where we have to do the emotional tracking. I'm anxious because, blank. you know, I said something silly and I'm worried that other person doesn't like me. Well, that, what, what is at the core of that? Well, I'm worried about what they're thinking. Well, no, it's deeper than that. What's at the core of that? It's this sense of self, this definition of self, your narrative around who you are. What is that story you're telling yourself? So recognize, allow, you investigate it, you get to that core thing, you understand that, right? And often these comes down to some of these core wounds, which are very painful, but actually very powerful. This is where we get to create from. So recognize, allow, investigate, and then that non-attachment. Okay, so it's like, I'm experiencing the anxiety, I'm experiencing the fear, but I'm not that. You're the experiencer of it, right? If you were all anger, that's all you would be. You're not angry. You have anger, come and go. You have anxiety, come and go. You have sadness, you have shame, come and go. You got happiness, that comes and go. You got gratitude, you got joy. We allow this stuff to flow through our experience. And this is the next part, which is the most important. So that's rain. But now it's like, where's, where's the pivot? Where's, where's the redefinition from here? So I'm feeling this anxiety. Obviously, I don't like it. So what am I calling? What would be the opposite? Well, that anxiety about I said something... I really would love to get into that feeling place of confidence and sureness of myself to go, you know what? I might've said something silly, but that's okay. We all do. And I'm confident to know that I'm good enough to make mistakes, right? That feels really good. So I'm not resisting the anxiety. I'm not resisting any of that, but I'm also now indulging myself in that ideal person and that I would like to be because that's what you are. When you're inspired by a thought or you're inspired by a trait in someone else, that's because you hold that trait yourself. That is part of who you are. And that like the root of inspiration is to be in, uh, is to be in spirit, right? And to be inspired to be in spirit, which is to be closer to who you are. So when you're inspired by like playing music, doing this activity, doing this, that's, that's aligned with who you are. If you're inspired by confidence, that's because you are fucking confidence, right? So it's, it's, it's about allowing that. So what happens is we often get trapped in the resistance of the emotion saying, I don't want it. So recognize, allow, investigate, non-attach, and then move yourself into that place of inspiration. Yeah, beautiful. Maybe it's man. Just, I got to change it from rain to rain in. <laughs> like rain, <I>. rain in. <laughs> rain in. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it's really beautiful. I really appreciate you sharing that. It's like real practical. There's, I mean, there's some spiritual concepts in that, right? Like the non-attachment, the investigation. And as you were speaking, yeah, yeah. Um, a spiritual teacher that I've really uh, come to become fond of is Adi Ashanti, who's had a couple mm. really good books. 
And one thing, cause I, you know, I've had a really good meditation practice and, you know, a lot of people talk about meditations. It's become very mainstream about helping improve the awareness, creating space in your life. But Adi Ashanti talks about on the path to enlightenment, which is, you know, understanding and realization. It's not just meditation, but you need three things. It's, it's meditation, which is finding stillness where you can just have an awareness of your thoughts. The two is contemplation. So actually thinking and like understanding those thoughts and like kind of having an awareness of them. Right. And like being able to contemplate different stories, your story of self, the story of the world, and then inquiry, which is the investigation, like you're talking about in the rain. So it's Mm. those three things. It's not just finding stillness, but really looking into the story of who you are, where those things come from and investigating them. And you really, you need all three to really start understanding. You talked about you know, you are not anger, you are not your emotions, you experience them. And so there's this, this understanding, I think this is a huge part of the journey of being human is that there is this, this wider lens to take, there's this observer of the experience. And a lot of people, I think, are stuck in the fact that they think they are their thoughts, they think they are their emotions, when they're experiencing anger, they become the anger. And Mm -hmm. so it's hard to navigate with, with grace, you know, and, and, and it's not necessarily trying to control the anger, but allowing it to, and, and witnessing it and then investigating, where is this coming from? And that's how the real healing process starts. So talk a little bit about like the story of who we are, who we think we are, where those stories come from. And, you know, what's the difference between the story of who we are and then this, this wider lens that's observing the story of who we are and the importance of kind of making that, that distinction and, and, and that awakening to the fact that there is something that is kind of permeating this experience of life that I can't really comprehend. Hmm. Yeah, no. And that's a great question because as you're talking and and you're saying we experience all these emotions, these in these, but we're not those emotions. I like to think of them. They're like our, our tools or a canvas and, and, you know, and, and there's, there's, it's a dance. Uh, and, and it comes back down to is like, you know, what's the story of who we are and stuff that comes down to really is like, well, what the heck are we doing here in, in the first place? Because this is the fundamental thing is I believe we are creative and we're creators and, and, you know, as the universe expands and we expand in so many different ways. So you and I part of this grander thing, get to experience life through Ryan and I get to define and expand and, and, and great, great, greater versions of myself all the time based off of all the different contrasts and experiences I have, right? You, Joe, get to have that same experience. We're all in one and the same, but this, you, this is your time to go through the Joe lens, right? This is my time to go through the Ryan lens. Let's fucking have fun with it. Mm. And let's be honest, it's not always fun, right? But that stuff that's not fun is the contrast that allows us to springboard into what do we want, mm-hmm. right? And it's tough because emotions are heavy. Like emotions are kind of that language of the soul in, in a sense. And it can be very heavy and it can be very, like when you're in pain or you're in fear, it is very narrow, right? But this is why the awareness after the facts becomes so important to look, reflect, to step back, to breathe. Like this is why meditation is so important. Something I struggle doing because I got a very busy mind. But it's so important that I stop myself to step back for a second. And I think, you know, yourself and others, uh, you know, I hope you've had this experience where you might be in the middle of crisis or a really stressful time. And all of a sudden, it just like all washes off and you just laugh at it all. 
because you have that awareness that it just doesn't matter, right? And so you temporarily have that reprieve and that that perspective. You just just like you take about a ten steps back and you're looking in at the situation. And so this is the important thing. And and what is is that story? I love what you said. You know, when I we addiction, I was doing addiction counseling with youth. There's a form of therapy like this narrative therapy, which is what is the story that you're telling yourself, right? What is the story of Joe? What is the story of Ryan, right? And 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 being able to write that down is is important because you can see, and then you can start doing stuff like Atashante says, you know, um, and and you start investigating those things and directing these things. And when you investigate and look at it, you go to the root and you do the rain. And then you do the raining, right? Which is that, well, what's next? What's that piece I want to create? And that can be really tough. But that's how we pull things into our life is by aligning with the things that we want to have and mm. want to do. And, and so I'm not sure if I answered your question completely there, but it, it's, it's, it's that process. It's this dance. This is, this is life. Mm. Um, and, and allowing life to happen and the way it's unfolding becomes important and something I really struggle with a lot too. Right. Um, and then people will say, well, horrible shit happens. Tell me, tell me why horrible shit happens then. Right. And sometimes when it's right here in our face, it's nothing but horrible and we just have to allow it to burn its way through. Mm. And then on the other side of it, at that time, if we are courageous enough to look at it, we can see the deep meaning that it might have presented. Mm, yeah, that's a beautiful place to be, and it's it is challenging when you're going through it. But you know, every mm -hmm. challenge and, and adversity and and lesson that I've gone through has created who I am. Right? It's provided mm -hmm. the opportunity for growth and expansion. And I love what you said, like being present with life as it unfolds and allowing it to happen. You know, I look back at my own life and, it, you know, these stories of who we are, like I've changed so much. I look back on my life and I feel like I've lived so many lifetimes just in this life, like, every, you know, going from childhood into, you know, high school and the different relationships and then playing football and not playing football and all these different identities and stories. And so we're constantly growing, evolving, changing, shifting our stories of who we think we are, our own limiting beliefs, our own fears. They all create these masks that we need to show up with and how to relate to the world. Like all of these, these narratives and, you know, the society that we've created and how to fit in within this story that we've created collectively. But there's this, this essence, right? And now that I have, mm. you know, a kid and understanding this kind of widening lens out, there's, there's an essence of who I am that has been the same through line of my entire life, right? There's this deeper part uh, you know, whether you call it a soul, the energy, whatever it is, mm -hmm. there's this essence of Joe that is continued through this, this life that really it's been this unfolding of mm -hmm. removing the, the fears and the limiting beliefs of who I think thought I needed to be, or, or, you know, to receive love and all these woundings that take place and removing that so that the essence can, can, can mm -hmm. come out. Cause when you look at a child, you know, before they are programmed in, in, in by society of what success looks like, what it means to be happy, they're just so pure in their energy and they just kind of say what is on their mind. They, they play, they experience. And for some reason, the world bogs them down. And then kind of this healing journey is trying to, trying to remove that. So talk mm -hmm. about th like that essence, right? Because like how can two kids be born into the same family, same environment, but their personalities are just so different? Like what, what, what is that essence, that soul? And is there something that kind of 
you know, goes through and evolves through multiple lifetimes. And like, what's the purpose of all of that? Hmm. Hmm. Those are great questions because yeah, you can see two people have the exact same experience and one person may choose to move forward and define themselves and use that as that springboard. The other person may choose to move forward to find themselves as a victim mm. and use it as the thing to define themselves, right? We, we're, we're constantly trying to, you know, define ourselves. And again, it's creative. Uh, what we need to do is focus on, well, what is it that you want to create? But yeah, I mean, I, I forget uh, the, who the quote comes from. It's like, it's not so strange that I showed up in this life that I would show up in another one, right? Um, and yeah, I, you know, I try not to bog myself down too much thinking about, you know, what what is the threat? Where's, you know, what did my past life looking like in this? It's like, if I'm in this life and I'm only remembering this life, that's there's there must be a reason for that. And so I don't need to concern myself too much with what that past stuff is. But I do believe we bring it in. I do believe some of these things. And it's, and it's like this essence, like you said, what is this essence? Because I, I guarantee when you look at your new child, you feel that essence of them. Mm-hmm. You know, as you're saying uh, that, you know, it's just that awareness I was kind of sitting with and it's like, well, what's my essence on my son? And I just love him so, so much, man. Like I, I love him. And this feeling of love I have towards him, I'm like, well, maybe that's just the essence of us all. Um, and I just, as a father, maybe have less junk around how I feel towards him. And, and maybe that's the journey of just going to, and I, I do believe that. I, I believe we're at a journey of self-love and, and it's a bit of a dance and a creative dance to how we define ourselves in that space of love. Um, and yeah, it, it comes through... Uh, and again, we can look and, and here's, I think here's a trap we often get into is trying to understand things fully to really go in rather than just being like, can I bring awareness to this moment? Can I bring awareness to me? Can I stop resisting and start allowing what is here in the moment? Because if I was to look at my life right now, as it is, there's some things I'm really excited about. And there's some things that are really challenging. You know, and where I'm allowing my attention to drift is to the challenge and the fear and the not wanting of it versus saying these are what it is. I, I, I use the analogy in my anger management courses quite a bit is uh, if your kitchen's on fire and you walk in and you like see this big grease fire on your pan and you're like, oh, shit, <laughs> I'm going to go watch some TV because I don't want to deal with this. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, well, what's going to happen? Well, you're going to be comfortable for a few minutes, but that fire in there is slowly increasing and increasing. Um, so it's not about deluding ourselves. If there's something there, we can pay attention to it, you know, and, and then we, we move forward. We bring awareness to it. We deal with those things and then we move forward. Um, but what I think what happens when we have a grease fire in our kitchen, then we spend the rest of our life staring at our stove going, it's going to fucking light on fire again. And then we never leave, right? And so it's it's about like, we can deal with these fires that come up in our lives. We can deal with them, these challenges. And then now what? What is it that I want to create from this place? What mm-hmm. is it that I can do to move forward? What is it that inspires me? Because it comes back down to, we have a thread through life for sure. It's creative, mm-hmm. right? It's not about figuring out who you were or who you are. It's about figuring out who you want to be. And that's, that's exciting. What inspires you? This is, it's, it's, 
it's constant expansion. Don't waste your time trying to figure out who you are. Put your focus on who you want to be and you'll figure out who you are. Mm. Through the process of working towards that higher yeah. version and vision of yourself and what you want to create. And I think it's really beautiful realizing we are the creators of our reality and it's a really beautiful place to live. It doesn't make it just easy, but it makes it fun. It makes it yeah. more a, a game and having that perspective. And you know, when you were talking about the, the gas fire in the kitchen, I, th- I thought that was a really beautiful analogy. And you know, I think collectively we look out in the world and it's it's almost as if collectively there's this 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 gas fire in our kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and the world seems like it's in this place of of massive transition. And I know with the technology that you're building and you, you're really passionate about educating people um, about these these wartime stories and 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 you know uh, honoring these fallen heroes mm-hmm. that have put so much literally their lives in the line and you know in our culture and society today especially in this country um you know i i i haven't had this deep awareness and experience of wartime right and so you know you bringing this back into home so that we can have an awareness of that and a connection to kind of the history um and i think a lot of us you know are disconnected from you know, kind of the history that's taken place. And so talk about the importance of us collectively to solve these collective issues. It's, it's, you know, cause it's the same things on the small scale internally, personally that we're talking about that are showing up in our collective environment because we are unable to process these, these internal, um, you know, traumas or pains or emotions it, we we kind of project them out onto the world. And then on the grand stage stage, you look out in the world and it's, there's a lot of problems, a lot of issues collectively. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about the importance of us showing up internally to do this work in order to shift the collective narrative and the importance or kind of where you see us as, as a world and society and, and where we're headed, um, you know, talking about the history of war and then where we're headed and, and, and kind of bringing it all, all together. Mm. Yeah. You know, those are, those are great questions. Um, the, the, the project, the Faces of Valor project, the Memory Anchor project is, you know, that was kind of birthed out of, out of a military tour I did. Like, obviously, I have a military history. My ba- background, my family served uh, great-grandfather's First World War, grandfather's Second World War. My parents met in the Army. Uh, I, you know, I, I served for nine years. Uh, in that time, you know, I had a three three troops I, I i worked with who were killed in afghanistan and you see you see, and that was that was the thing is you see in these individuals you you see they're, they're like you and i and they had dreams aspirations you know people that they loved people loved them and and there's so much pain in, in the loss um yet they chose to serve because they believed in something right and 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 i think that's important as they believed in something now whether we agree with the conflict or not um you know what I, I'm trying to draw attention to is the individuals and 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 the sacrifice, and what I hope is that this project is a practice of empathy, right? That we can we can see see these people and see the totality of these losses, and that um, you know, I think the soldiers on the ground are truly fighting for a better future, right? And so let's remember that. I think it's it's a way to snap us out of the bit of the dream we get lost into, and 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 look at that, and not looking at at, at it in in complete sadness. But you know, I think you know, I, I stood in the Dieppe cemetery, and there's 908 men who died in in a, a morning, 
in France. It was Canadian raid um, in in France, and it, it was a it was a horrible misplanning of uh, of the attack, and it shouldn't have been done, and it shouldn't have been done where it was, and it cost nine hundred and eight lives. And it's hard to make sense or find anything of meaning out of that. But if anything, you know, on that day, these soldiers were fighting for each other and they moved up the beach and the Germans who were defending it were just taken aback by the the ferocity and the dedication that these men had. And they kept moving. They kept moving. And if I could go out my life with just a fraction of the dedication that they had and the passion that they had um, and the courage that they had, um, I just, you know, the it is a real passion for me to, to help people not forget those, those, those men. Uh, I, I mean, I just share one story in particular, you know, in the Normandy landings, we just passed June 6th, uh, which is, uh, I think the 77th anniversary of, of the landings. And there's one soldier in there in particular, as I was researching the gravesite was he just, he had written a, a telegram. It was just a telegram to his son, but it said like, dear Tommy, you know, Uncle Eric says you're getting really big. Daddy's Daddy's fine. He only wishes he was home to go and have a picnic and have some fun with you. You're your Daddy Wally, and that kills me, man, as a dad because he never got to do any of that with his son. Um, and it just reminds me to be present, be present with my son, be you know, and and. And not take those things for granted. Our life is beautiful and life is rare and, and it's precious and we're here. And so, you know, as I help people and leaders and all of these things, it's again, it's a reminder that we need to really focus on what we want to create. Because when you say, hey, we got a lot of problems in the world, you're right, we do have a lot of problems, but we don't need to be focusing on the problem as it is, as what we want to create, Right. Focus because on we the can solutions, right? Focus on the solutions. And, and that's really the important thing. And I'm not asking people to focus on the loss of these soldiers, but I'm asking you to focus on the dedication, to mm-hmm. honor them by focusing on what world do they want to create? What world do you want to create? Because we can focus and say, hey, the government's making us do this, and, or you know, these lockdowns, this, this, and all this stuff. And we can get so wound up. How are you feeling after you sit in that place? And you should be rightfully anxious or angry and all that kind of stuff. But what is it that you want to create from there? And go at that creating from that energy because you are not going to be helping anybody from a place of anger. You are not going to be helping anybody, especially yourself from that place of anger. But you look at uh, some of the people that have made huge difference, like Nelson Mandela, right? You know, Gandhi. and, And again, not everybody's perfect, right? But when we look at the words that are being used, it's about compassion, it's about forgiveness, it's about nonviolence, right? I'm not a pushover by any means, um, but we will not create a compassionate world through anger. Mm. We cannot create peace through war, right? And I'm not, and, and again, it's not, I'm not saying I'm not a soldier. The Canadian Armed Forces at one time slogan was like, uh, strive for peace, train for war. <laughs> <laughs> right. But it's like we need to be going at our solutions with peace in mind. And but at the end of the day, we can externally push out towards all these big geopolitical problems. But whose house we need to put in order is ours. And are you going about the solutions you're looking at 
from that place of, of peace. I work with leaders, right? Like that's my job. Cultural transformation with an organization starts from the top down. I always start with that leader at the top first and help them understand the emotional intelligence, getting their stuff in order so that they can show up with inspiration, with compassion. With, with, and compassion is sometimes making a hard decision. Compassion is sometimes firing a person, right? But it's done from a place of not anger and, and such like that. So uh, what I'm saying as a round is, again, let's focus on what are our solutions? What is the outcome we're seeking? Not about focusing on why everybody else is wrong. Mm, yeah, it's beautiful. I think curiosity comes to mind. It's a, it's, a, it's a missing ingredient to this path that we're on. And we talked earlier about the stories that we attach to. We're so attached to our ideas of what we think is right and it, that's what creates division, right? You know, just even in this country, the, the, the political divide and it's people are so attached to the story and they're kind of projecting, you know, all of the wrongdoings onto the other side. And it's, mm-hmm. it's really fascinating that it's created this, it's almost like a 50-50 divide in these stories. And then you talk about, you know, wartime and these conflicts and these, you know, we're, we're attached to our story of the way we think it needs to be and they're, they're wrong. And so this attachment without curiosity of, wait, what is the story I'm really trying to create? I mean, do you believe that we have uh, a chance as a society and humanity to really solve these existential crises that we've come in? Because even talking about the history of war, it's, it's fascinating that we're kind of sheltered from it in this day and age. I mean, there's, you know, obviously some conflicts going on in the world, but as far as like in the homeland, there's nothing, we're not really confronted with it in a way, but all of these, this stuff you're sharing, it's, it's less than a hundred years ago, a couple generations ago. Yeah. And it, it's very much, we're not, it's not in the too distant past. Right. And, you know, as, as you know, history kind of repeats itself and, you know, conflict is, is bubbling up in our, in our world right now. And it's just, there's a lot of unknown and how to navigate it. So how do you see it kind of playing out and what can we do individually if it's such a daunting and overwhelming task when you look mm. out in the world and it, it feels like that fire pan in the, in the kitchen is, is just burning the whole thing down. Mm-hmm. Well, more fire is not going to help that pan, right? You can't put out a fire with more fire, right? Um, and I think it's, it's about, again, like stepping back. I'm, I'm fully confident we'll be able to address these issues. But, you know, we have a very challenging experience happening within our society that we're coming through, right? And it's from these challenges that we get to redefine ourselves, right? It's from these things. Like, as much as we've, you know, it's not within a couple generations, we've experienced these massive wars, like World War I, World War II, okay? But you also think of it uh, between like 19, oh, geez, people are going to, give me heck for the history, but like 1904 or whatever, that 1912, um, you know, not 1912, I think it was 1904, the first flight to land in on the moon. That was like a, something like a 60 year period. Yeah, <laughs> like, wow. like that's insane. We are in an insane amount of growth as a species right now. Right. Like, I mean, when you look at from like 1700 to 1600, it wasn't too different, yeah. right? There yeah. wasn't much happening. But I mean, you know, I got I got something on my my belt 
that when I was in grade six, I was like, I remember having a conversation with my friend saying, wouldn't it be cool if I could like have a Game Boy and look at the Game Boy and talk to you? This thing does way more than that. I just dropped, you just dropped the tank that I scanned in front of a museum and you just dropped the tank that looks almost identical and we're able to walk around that at your, your just on your desk, mm. right? So, you know, the capacity for us to solve our problems we can. We have the capacity to solve all the problems that we're experiencing right now. The problem is, is we're not going at these problems with the energy we need to be solving them. And so we're going to experience the challenge again and again, right? I've often said, and so for you personally, life will get louder and louder and louder until you listen. Okay. There's something I'm avoiding. For me, you know, people pleasing lack of self-worth. You know, it got louder and louder and louder until my marriage crumbled and I had got spun into this place, which was very dark and hard, which perpetuated an experience of learning to love myself like I've never had before. Okay. And that was the journey. And I believe my ex-wife was in my life to help me teach me to love myself. I have no resentment to her. I love her for what she's brought to me, right? And it's been able to produce all these other experiences and a new partner, which I'm deeply in love with and all this stuff. But that came from challenge. As a species, we're in challenge right now. What we need right now is leadership. People leading by example, people leading through compassion, power emotions, not force emotions. We tend to lead to force emotion. Force emotions can get stuff done, anger, aggression, right? gaslighting, all that kind of stuff. But power, you know what power is. It's inspiring to you. You've seen the assertive person. You've seen the compassionate person. They're not pushovers, right? But that's the power. And our job right now is to align with this power. And the first emotion that moves you from force emotions to power emotions is courage. Do you have the courage to do things differently? Do you have the courage to stop resisting the negativity, the negative emotions, just to allow those things to be and start imagining and seeing and feeling the future, seeing yourself. Because at the end of the day, this has required you to be a selfish individual, right? Is a healthy thing in this case, is what is inspiring here? What is that highest ideal of myself? That is where we will start solving the problem. So it's really doing what you're doing, Joe, right? talking about this stuff, helping people access this stuff. And people who are here and listening to it are the ones that are ready for it. Mm. And other people will learn and be ready because they're going to look at people. They're going to look at someone. They say, hey, what's different about you? Right? And it's because they've changed things in their life. They're doing the raining. Right? They're, they're looking at that. And they're redefining who they want to be. And they're making steps towards that. Mm, beautiful. Yeah. I mean, real power is knowing who you are on a deeper level and the energy of presence can really heal another because mm -hmm. it's not the words you say, like if you're trying to change someone's mind and you start forcing your own thoughts and ideas, they're automatically going to get defensive. Right. And it creates conflict. It creates arguments. It creates, nobody's really being present to hear, but if you can approach a conversation with curiosity and presence, 
that energy is felt. And the person that you're talking to is going to notice that difference. They might not consciously be able to create a story of like, what was different about that person, but it's the energy. And then it's going to force them to get curious about their own. And, you know, I think individually we look out in the world and it, it, it can be a daunting thing to look at kind of all the issues we're facing, the existential crisis, the conflict, the social unrest, the, all these systems kind of in transition almost that what can I do as an individual to make a difference? It's too big for me, but mm-hmm when you really understand and you widen the lens out that you are the creator of your reality. And if you can show up and and it comes back to that internal landscape of understanding who you are and you can show up in the world and create a, a space of love, of presence, of understanding, of curiosity, the people that you come in contact with, like, I love this, um, because if you're angry, right, you're going to, you're going to be angry in the world. And all of a sudden you come home and you're like, man, everybody is just making me so angry or they're yeah. angry at me. You're calling that out of people because that's the energy you're bringing. But mm-hmm. if you can heal the internal landscape and show up with love and presence, you're, you're calling that best version out of each person you come in contact with. And like we talked about, if I show up and I'm curious and you're yelling at me and I'm just, you know, I'm not taking on that energy. I'm just loving present with you. And I get curious. It's going to be pretty hard for you to stay angry at me. You're going to start reflecting back on yourself. Like, well, like, why am I acting so angry? And so then me with my energy is pulling out that highest vision version of you. And so if I can do that and learn to do that with everybody in my life, I'm starting to create the environment and the reality that I want to live in. And enough people do that. We're going to start creating an entire new landscape collectively. And I think that's where we're at. And I, you know, you talked about the access to information in the, in the phone and the technology we have, there's, there's a two-sided coin to that. Like it's, it's allowed for this widespread of information and this, this collective awakening that's happening to, you know, learning who we are on a deeper level, but it also, you can get lost in the amount of information. And so without the proper discernment and knowing what's true and what's not, and, and it really comes down to the internal landscape as well. Like if you can learn to quiet your mind and understand yourself and your emotions on a deeper level and move through and, and release and not attach to some of these heightened triggered emotions, then you, you can begin to have an awareness of a feeling of resonance within you. And so if you're around people and you can drop into, okay, this feels good, this feels true, this feels right, you can start having real discernment on what's true, what's not. And if you're you know following something and it's triggering something within you and you're like, oh, like, I, I hate this, like maybe that's not where you're supposed to be heading, put your energy. And so you know I just like to offer, like if you feel overwhelmed by what's going on in the world, it's really an internal journey. That's what it comes back to. And if we can collectively continue, and that's, you know, like you said, the intention to this podcast is to get curious about your own stories, mm-hmm. what you were attached to, what you can't let go of, what you are holding on to. How can you continue to let go of that and come back to a place of presence? And that's this healing journey that we're going on individually and collectively. And it's going to be going to be one hell of a ride. I mean, just talking about all the, the exponential growth and technology that we have and the capability we really mm-hmm. do have to transcend this, this conflict, you know, like, you know, it's sad looking back at all these wars and all the human life that was just cost us throughout this conflict. And it's because we're attached to the stories and it, it really is not about picking a side. We can't solve the problems from pointing fingers at the other person or other side, because they're the ones making it happen. We need to almost transcend to another level of awareness, another plane of existence to look down and see the conflict for what it is. And then try and bring as many people up from that place of division into a higher plane of existence, which is this, this evolution of consciousness that we have the opportunity to bring in so that we can create this, Mm -hmm. this new reality where we're all, you know, living in abundance, taking care of one another, knowing that we are all so much more connected in this ecosystem and planet earth. 
and to really learn to to live in symbiosis with that that's the world that we're trying to create and that's the beauty that i think you know i'm i'm internally trying to do my best to create within my own life and my hope is that we can get to a point you know in society and culture in humanity where we can really manifest this kingdom of heaven on earth which mm. is just a level of awareness that we're all really trying to reach yeah and and i love it because the consciousness raising is is the collective efforts of people to lean into what inspires them because what true inspires comes from the heart and love and you know what it feels like to be inspired it's a really good feeling right and and as more people learn to track those next steps and and know hey this isn't necessarily the inspiring thing because i've learned that and i've learned to trust life will present me with the situations as much as it might seem terrible because if i asked anyone out there to say what is the what is the the one thing that taught you the most important lesson of your life well i guarantee it wasn't because someone came down and did something for you and said here you go this is this it probably was a really shitty situation you wouldn't want to wish on anyone but you went through it and you came through it and you're stronger for it and you have a different perspective of it right you can alchemize it into the medicine for others through your own experience by sharing it it helped you define yourself. It helped you to springboard into, well, what is this and who am I now? And how do I help others with it? And I've talked to so many people who've had like things. I'm like, holy crap, how, do you, how are you even like standing here right now and smiling? And it's because that's what life will offer us. It's a beautiful contrast and it's painful. And I don't wish it on anyone, but it's a fundamental thing is we're going to experience the contrast, which allows, you know, there is no light without the dark right? There's no light without the dark. And I've seen that more. And it's just what I've learned is how much time I spend looking at the dark and then to the light. It's like, oh, here's this beautiful light or dark. What do I want to, where's, what's that beautiful light I'm going to bring to it now? Mm. What is that thing I'm defining? And so that's why I love what you keep saying about curiosity, curiosity. That word is so powerful because curiosity lacks resistance. Curiosity seeks understanding. Curiosity isn't asking anybody to change. Curiosity isn't asking me to change. It's not asking me not to feel this anymore. When I'm curious about something, and this is like when when I teach conflict in in the workplace, take an approach of curiosity. Come towards people and be curious. Help me understand what's going on. Man, like if we were just curious, like if you go into the vaccination debate, for example, right? Hot topic for some people. On either side of that, if you're curious enough and you look at it, people just want to be safe and happy. Mm. They want to be safe, happy, healthy right? It's just how they're getting there. But if we can stop making people wrong for wanting to be safe and happy, you know, it's, it's, it changes our feeling place and the way we approach it. And then we can come and we can assert ourselves and and like, well, this is the right choice for me and I want to be safe and healthy. And you can see there's so much, well, you're putting me at risk by not getting that or, you know, vice versa, right? You're putting me at risk by trying to force me to get that. Again, what are we going to align to? Right? Can we drop the anger and start going at these things from a place of curiosity, a place of compassion? Right? Life will offer us the rub. This is the rub here. We're in COVID's the rub, man. Like this is this is the challenge that we have. Who do you want to be during this? Well, I don't want to be someone going around calling other people deplorable for their behavior. I don't believe that at all. I've taught anger management courses for over 12 years. And these are these are not like, hey, I'm going to go sign up for an anger management course. This is you punched a cop in the face and now you're in my course, right? Or <laughs> like this kind of thing. So, it, you know, varying different situations bring, bring people in. 
But I'll tell you, if I walk into that course and I have loaded in my psyche that these are criminals, these are bad people, they're somehow less than, they feel that right off of me. I don't believe that at all. I believe that everybody in there, despite what they have done or haven't done, is worthy of love. Right? And when we approach like that, we create space. And like you were talking about listening and stuff. And, you know, and I always think about this once because I, I had a course once I came in and out of, out of nowhere, I'm, I'm setting up. I get in right at the same time as, as my participants. And all of a sudden I hear a bunch of yelling and screaming. I'm like, oh, crap, right? I get a bit of anxiety. Oh, and I, 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 yeah, well, figure <laughs> that out. management class and they're angry. Ah. Figure that, right? And I always have a little bit of anxiety because you never know what you're coming in. It's it's hard. It's hard work. And you know, I get the screen. I come in and I, I pull these these two guys apart. They're not they're not fighting, but they're getting closer in each other's face. And I kind of separate it out. But you know, as a facilitator, my job is to create safety in that space. But here's this guy. He's super triggered. He's like, "You touched my fucking bag," you know. And it's just like all this and going and 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 they're they're screaming at each other. I get one guy moved out. Fortunately, that other guy was actually supposed to be in the addictions class, so <laughs> we sent sent him over there, right? And that other guy, and I, I, that was enough of a situation to create enough unsafety, you know, that I I should kick him out. But what's inside me is is saying, "Don't kick him out." Um, he's a first nations individual here. And, and I'll tell you in Canada, uh, they've been written a bad check and that's an understatement, right? What they've gone through historically, uh, and the overrepresentation in the criminal justice system and the, the, just this systemic trauma that, that is being passed, passed through. And this, this guy's in my class and, and I'm like, I should be kicking him out, but in my head, I'm like, I'm not. And so we go through the class and, um, and this is kind of what, what I'm saying is the important thing is being able to keep a compassionate frame, right? And, and trust and trust that intuition. So I kept them in my class. And as we're teaching, you know, I, I pulled them aside. I'm like, hey, man, I could kick you out right now. I don't want to do that. But I need to be sure that people are going to be safe. He's like, I promise, I promise I really need to be here. Uh, you won't have it. I'm like, okay. So, you know, what happens if something like that happens again? He's like, well, you can, you can ask me to leave. And I'm like, okay. Well, that's a deal then, right? So we go through the class and I'm, I'm, I'm teaching it. And I, I share a little bit about my own story, uh, which is, you know, I, I really struggled as a youth, uh, auditory learning disability, ADD, uh, bullied a lot in school. But I, there's this one kid that stood up for me and he became my like first really good friend. Uh, his name was Josh. And, uh, uh, and then I changed school the next year and then halfway through the year he came. Um, but, you know, he, he's, he's this uh, African-American kid whose mom is really struggling and they take him from her house and um, and uh, he ends up living. My parents basically adopt him and he, and he lives with me for the next uh, till he leaves for college and stuff. Mm, and wow. And but it was uh, after college, I was deployed to some domestic operations for forest fires. And, you know, I find out one evening that he had killed himself. And that really hit me. Obviously, uh, it was hard and actually changed the whole direction of my life. And that's an example of one of those traumatic things. I went from wanting to be a police officer to wanting to work with at risk youth and such like that. And it's led me to where I am today. Mm. But I share this in class with with this guy and. He ends up sharing his story 
uh, about how he lost his brother. Um, so he came home and he, and he found him in his closet and he was hanging there and he didn't know what to do. He was, he was he calls the police and the police come and they put him in handcuffs and they throw him in the back of the car. And this is an example of some of the systemic racism we're dealing with. This didn't happen to him once. It happened to him twice. And, you know, he says to me, uh, after he goes, I don't know why I'm sharing this. I never thought I'd tell a white guy this. <laughs> and I was completely honored with it. And, it, and But if you look at why he shared it with me is because I didn't have the judgmental frame in that sense. And it doesn't mean I don't have that, that impulse that comes in there, but it's the awareness to bring it and then the choice, the act of choice to step into compassion. Because he also told me too that he had only lost his partner six months ago in a car accident and he had two kids and he, he was in this place where if I, he would have been breached. So if I kicked him out, he would have been breached. And that would have led to his kids being taken and put into social services hands uh, or I have to go with another family member, not have their dad there. And the reason I share that story is I have bad days. Maybe if I was having a bad day, I would have said, screw it, I'm not dealing with this, get out. And I wouldn't have known the impact there. But what ended up happening was the compassionate frame, me kind of trying to align myself with what feels better led to the situation where he had a better experience. I had a better experience. That, that story will always stick with me um, because it's a reminder is that no matter what we can judge about a person, if we can stay with compassion, curiosity, and openness, that there's so much beauty that can be held in there, even in the midst of so much pain and challenge. And I, I really hope the guy's doing well. I really do. But that his story breaks my heart. Mm. But it also inspires me to continue to be better, continue to be less judgmental, right? Be more open. Mm. And so when it comes to solving the problems, well, you know what? I'm not going to be solving the problems of the world. But what I can do is show up as a better person in the moments that I have and trust that life brings me those moments that I need to. And, and we don't need to be making grand changes. And I used to think that. I used to think, I'm going to change the world, right? That's, you know, young 23-year-old getting into the field. But what it, we don't change the world. We change ourselves. And then we trust life to bring us what we need. Mm, beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that, man. That was really powerful. And I, yeah, like this not having judgment, not knowing what other people are going through and having that compassion that, you know, someone's showing up with anger and expressing all of these emotions and they're projecting it out and forcing it on you to get to a place to, to, to not take that energy on and take it personally, but understand where's, where's that coming from? There must be something deeper that is triggering that within and having that compassion and empathy and, and curiosity to hold space for the individual and, and have the courage to show up and be vulnerable to create safety for them to be vulnerable. And like we talked about early in the show, it's, most people, there's so much healing, like 90% of the journey is just feeling seen and heard. There's nothing that you could have done to take away the pain that that guy felt, but the fact that you created safety and heard his story without judgment and the energy of that, he felt it. There's healing in that because for him and his story, he was able to express that to somebody, somebody that he thought he would never tell that story to. And it was received. And that maybe allows him to open up more to other people in his life and continue to release and let go of that story that's that's causing so much conflict from within. And 
this has been a really powerful conversation, Ryan. I really, you know, appreciate you being so open and vulnerable and, and sharing your wisdom and knowledge and really excited to do this extended episode with you. So if you guys are premium members, make sure you stick around. Uh, we're going to do an extended episode with Ryan here, asking what his secret to the universe is. I know there's going to be a lot of wisdom mm-hmm. drops in that. Uh, if you aren't a premium member and you would love to have access to these extended episodes, it's just $7 a month. You can go to the link in the show notes um, and subscribe and you'll get extended episodes plus a lot of uh, other amazing content. If you don't feel called to support this podcast financially, you can easily support it by leaving a five-star review, uh, sharing your opinion about this podcast, uh, reaching out to me directly. Let me know what you thought. Um, yeah, I really appreciate you, Ryan. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, what you're working on? Is there anything that you want to plug at this moment where people can kind of connect with you if they feel called? Yeah, you know, um, I, I keep reluctantly putting my website up uh, just with the amount of busyness. I will be doing some private consulting with people. Uh, but in the meantime, if you do want to follow my Twitter, Mullins Ryan ENS is Mullins. Ryan, um, that's uh, my Twitter. Uh, but if you feel passionate about the military history, you know, take a look at Memory Anchor, see her stuff, share her stuff, let people know about it, and uh, any kind of uh, sharing and talking about you know that project is it's really near and dear to me. So it's much appreciated. Yeah, and I'm really excited to witness how it how it all comes together, and it's been one hell of a journey. And the technology is just really incredible, and I think it's going to really have a positive impact. You know for individuals and collectively as a society to really keep the, 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 the memory of, of these experiences alive within our, our collective consciousness. And I think it's going to help us build a foundation for the future and really appreciate you sharing for your premium members stick around. Um, if you're not sticking around, then I would ask you why not go. It's just $7 a month, make it happen. Um, until next time, peace.